This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, hi, gang. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we go. We got a really good show for you today. We got a really close personal friend of mine. He's kind of the reason why we do this. And we have this beautiful website, Your Saltwater Guide, and we're going to get into that in a few minutes. I want to let you all know today is Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance Friday. We always uh, put up video from Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance, Larry Hansen and the guys over there. We have a good little video for you to see today. We'll put it up in a little bit. But they're the big sponsor of the Friday live podcast show. So thank you, Larry, very, very much. And Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. And make sure you check those guys out. And don't forget, I'll be at the Anthony Shea Lifetime Achievement Award for Bill Shedd up in San Diego. Kelly Girl and I were selling tickets to the tables there. We'll do that again on Monday, but just make sure you don't miss it. And without any further ado, we want you to listen to something real quick, and then we'll bring the man in. So let's talk, let's check that out, Elliot. Do we have that little music video? All right. Check your this couch. one's for all the guys rigging bait. First and second mates. You know who you are. Guys working the cockpit, rigging lines. It's tournament time, so turn it up. Here we go. Five o'clock in the morning time. It's way too early to bust a rhyme. I gotta get to the boat. Time to get paid. Boss flew in. I gotta play the maid. My head is thumping. I feel so dumb. I was up until two, drinking rum. Cap is pissed. He knows who shot. We leave the slip, and he's freaking hot. Now that's my rigger. Now that's my rigger. Cap yells down, put out the bait. I said, no dumb, the frickin' mate. Just drive the boat, is what I said. The next thing you know, Cap's turning red. We're on the grounds, we're almost there. I scream, man, there's a floating chair. We both look out and see the spot. Oh, dang, we hit the jackpot. There's a marl in there, she's by a tree. I run for a bait, then bust my knee. That's when things start getting real. I had slipped on a banana peel. The boss left it out right on the deck. I looked at him and said, what the heck? He stormed inside and slammed the door. I screamed, what'd you bring bananas for? Cap yelled down, you're an awful mate. I flipped him the bird and threw the pitch bait. Down the hatch, the bait is gone. The rod bent over and I screamed, we're on. Now that's my rigor. Now that's my rigor. We're backing up, the pit is full. Cap screams, man, you better pull. I take a wrap and I hold on tight. I grab the gunnel with all my might. The Marlin's there, she's big, no doubt. Cap yells, get the flyers out. 
Boss peeked out, he was turning green. It was the biggest right. fish that he'd ever seen. Grabbed the gaff and he's reaching out. Then says, this is what I'm talking about. She's laying there, I tried to hold her. I said, gaff for now, she's killing my shoulder. He sank the steel like a seasoned mate. He smiled and said, this is freaking great. We slide her in, the fish is on the deck. I hugged the boss, so what the heck. Now that's my rigor. Now that's my rigor. Pulling in, it was like a dream. It was the biggest crowd that we'd ever seen. They went sure up, we're standing there. The waymaster says we're almost there. It was packed as hell with people freaking out. Cap says, what are they screaming about? It's the winning fish, she looks so big. Some guy yells, it's a freaking pig. Fat as hell, she was big as a whale. I looked up high to check the scale. We all stepped back to take a gander. Dude says, y'all just killed the grand. Now that's my rigor. Now that's my rigor. We pulled out, we're cruising down the ditch. I thought, man, I'm filthy rich. Cap said, man, it was like a dream. You're the best damn rigger I ever seen. He slapped me five, we let out a hoot. We walked inside to grab our loot. He had showered up, he had combed his hair. Then said, why y'all standing there? We came in to grab our money. He cracked a smile and said, man, that's funny. You guys did great, but I didn't do it. It was 15 grand, so I said, screw it. Cap freaked out, then he lost his I held him back, then he helped me quit. Now that's my rigor. Now that's my rigor. We're in the truck, Cap's in a daze. He says, there's no freaking way. I said, don't freak, guess what, I did it. You're the best damn captain, I knew we'd win it. He was cheap as hell, he was filthy rich. But I called in my credit card on the ditch. He looked at me, busted out a grin. Then said, man, you knew we'd win. I said, hell yeah, I pulled the trigger. He smiled and said, now that's my rigor. Big shout out to all those repping the RJ Boyle brand. We love you. We appreciate it. Eddie Perez, True Noise Studio, laying down the mix. Unbelievable. Lucky time. Right on. Well, that is one heck of a way to bring you into the show here, RJ. So let's get you in here. Let's talk about the what a what a phenomenal music video. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is incredible. You know, I tell you the truth, man. That's one thing people really don't realize. When I was younger, when I was I owned a nightclub when I was 22 years old, and um, it was the it was like the who's who of music back in the day. And uh, close the door, please. Um, and, and basically it was, uh, we had some of the best bands of all time at the time. And uh, I, I owned a club for uh, 22 years old for about almost four years. So yeah, that's what got me into music. But man, I, I really like writing songs and playing music, man. That's one of the songs that we got on Spotify. You have a lot of great songs, but Hey, that let's jump back again, back to what you're talking about. You got it. You are. I'm sorry, we're going to use the word legend in this industry. My boss, and uh, when I was running the Wild and Sack, he was like, we got to get this R.J. Boyle out here to show us how to do this thing. But that's all. We're going to talk about that in a little while. And your achievements and all that stuff, That we can all look that up. But where did you come from? How did you get into this fishing thing? You are the most intense fisherman I've ever met in my life. So go ahead. I'll tell you, my brother was... Uh... My brother's 11 years older than me, and he was a mate on the drift boat here at local drift boats growing up out of Hillsboro Inlet. And so 
you know, for, for the young bucks, they don't really remember a lot of that stuff. But the, the drift boat or the party boats, you know, 20, 30 years ago was a serious business. You know, you, you know, I mean, they had iron shirts and they had uniforms. And, man, it was, you know, some of the captains that ran these local drift boats. It was serious fishing. And, and my brother was in that game. He was a mate for almost 20 years. And so I grew up you know, his younger brother on the back of the boat trying to win the pool and win the money. And, you know, and that, that you know, I seem to never get the money when I won the pool. They used to split it up between all the mates. But, you know, um, fishing, fishing was always a part of my life. And my brother and my father were into it. So that's that's how I got into it. And I guess being the younger brother, brother, I wanted to be as good or better than he was at fishing. So that was the roots of it in South Florida. So that's where it all really started for me. All right. And then um, then you got into this going out on the yacht thing. And that's where it really got to get real interesting. And this swordfish thing that you do is different than any. Now everybody does it, but you hone that skill. So I had to start from somewhere. Sure. Sure. You know, the swordfish thing, obviously, in our era of living right so so dropping for swordfish in the daytime is nothing new it was being done for years way back in the 70s in venezuela but you know as humans it's interesting when you think about the fact that we can walk on the moon and we can do all these crazy things but the fact that we would just have all these fish down below us even fish for them at night but never try to catch one in the day is just, if you think about the depth of not doing something for all those decades and not really tapping a resource of fishing, you know, we're so lucky to be in this where this, this daytime sword fishing thing is really taken off. Again, you know, down in Venezuela, there's no current. You drop a, dropped a rock to the bottom and once in a while they caught a swordfish. And so that was real. But the Stanzik family in the Florida Keys and Vic Gaspany was the guy's name. And what the, if, I th if you think about this, you, you take an 80-wide reel with monofilament on it. Now, California, you guys don't have any current, really compared to what we do of upwards of five knots a lot of times. But to take a reel and to just go say, I'm going to go target a swordfish today in the daytime with the sun up, and I'm just going to let all the monofilament line off my reel and see if I can hit the bottom, which they never did on their first drop. And then I'm going to start winding it back up, and the rod bent over, and they wound up a 50-pound swordfish. <laughs> Think about if they would have never hooked that fish, that one fish, would we really be doing this at all right now? So, so it changed my life immensely, <laughs> you know, and, and to be honest with you, I owe them a lot for that. And so to me, you know, I'm going down to see Nick tomorrow. We have a, uh, a fishing trip with special families and Nick's coming along with me. But, you know, I'm so thankful for that they caught that fish on their first drop and I end up finding out about it. And then I took it to the next level with rigging and terminal tackle and rod design and Winthrop tops and a lot of the stuff that you see on swordfish rods that are made in every store now. Those were, you know, originally our first designs of all those rods that are now sold. And, you know, even the rigs, the long wind-down leaders that you see, those were all, that was trial and error because after I knew that they were catching them, 
we were fishing for almost two years without anybody knowing we were fishing for swords up here. So it's a cool ride. That was the beginning of the swordfish ride, and it's given you know so many great catches and things. And I just, man, honestly, sharing it with people so they get to experience it is huge, man. And for California, when you said, Dave, when you said, hey, man, you need to come out and we need to figure this out, you don't know how cool that was, man, for me to come out there and be next to San Clemente and do that whole thing. So I'm sure you want to talk about that. Well, yeah, it was absolutely incredible to get to have you. And I'm sorry, gang, I had to geek out. This is like one of my heroes in the industry. I'm just telling you, I've been following RJ for a long time. And then when my boss pulled the trigger and was willing to send RJ a plane ticket and tell him he was going to pay his way and come on out and you're going to stay on the boat. I gave RJ, <laughs> we'll talk about the story about my car. But we'll talk about that in a minute, but then to bring you out and then to go up in the bridge and then open up the charts and start to look and you start to pinpoint where you think they might be where, and this was a, this was a giant puzzle that no one had ever solved. There we have that sword fishery, the harpoon sword fishery that was really, really good with a lot of really good fishermen. But as far as dropping a bait down, that was something. And I don't, I know there's a lot of people that watch me and listen to me. They go, oh, I was doing that long before RJ was born. Yeah, whatever, whatever. You forgot to tell anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Let me tell you something. If I caught a swordfish back in the 70s or 80s, we'd have had it on every freaking magazine and newspaper in the world. So don't tell me you were doing it because you forgot to tell anybody and you're full of baloney. But when you came out and we sat up in the bridge and we started to dissect that chart and we started looking at things and you started asking me, hey, where do they stick them? Where, where do they, where are they harpooning these fish? Where is this happening at? And then we went out on the boat and we actually started to dissect the ocean together and having you up in the bridge explaining to me what you look for and how you did it. That was like magical for me because I'm like a sponge. And then you told me what you had going on. You had a informational based website that people are giving you a little bit of their hard earned money to start to learn what you're doing. And I was like, huh, that's never been done here on the West coast that no one's ever done that. And I was like, I have the ability to talk. I have the ability to teach because I actually learn when I'm fishing. And then all of a sudden your saltwater guide, the website was born because of you. And you helped me out tremendously in the very beginning in the infantile days. I wanted to piggyback off of you, if you remember correctly. And then it was like, you know what? No, I'm going to do my own thing this time. And thank God I did because it's incredible in the community that we built. But you're, you have a website and Elliot will throw up the QR code to your website right now, gang. RJ covers, he, we're talking about swordfish, but dude, you catch everything that swims. You catch swordfish, don't get me wrong, and you do really good, but you catch the Wahoo, the Dorado, the grouper, the, the we lost RJ for a minute, gang, but just go to this QR code. RJ's coming back. Here he is. He's back with us, but go to that QR code. Check out RJ. He's not only does he, you're still dead center of the screen. You're gone again. I don't know what happened. Somebody's calling him, I think. But when you go over and check out RJ's studios through the QR code, you're going to see he doesn't only know how to fish, but he's a phenomenal artist. He's a phenomenal musician. 
He has a screen printing company that makes all the shirts. You can see his designs. He's a phenomenal artist. He takes the swordfish bills and he creates some of the most beautiful art with the swordfish bills, with marlin bills. These are all his designs for your boat. You need to get a bitchin'. Pete Grosbeck uses him for all the control chaos boats and everything. That way, RJ Boyle it makes some of the most beautiful art for your shirts, for your house. He has beautiful paintings and beautiful pictures. And then if you go and you uh, go on YouTube and you type in RJ Boyle songs, you'll just go, oh, wow, he's got a whole library of music you can check out. There's so much to this man besides the swordfish thing. You're back online with us. I see you down there. You got to tell all these people to quit calling you, buddy. But we're just going through your studio and showing all your art and everything while you were gone. But let's get you back in here and see if we can talk about all these, all this beautiful art and everything going on at the studio. Besides your fishing, which we're going to get deep into your fishing. We got plenty of time. But your art and your shirts and your designs and your swordfish bills and everything. That's all incredible. Yeah, you know, I'm going to tell you, man. I have a, my, my mom and dad to thank for a lot of that. My mom was a serious artist, man, more of a craft. She loved crafts. But we used to go every weekend. We'd spend a lot of time. If we weren't fishing, we'd be walking around craft shows and art shows. And and so at a very young age, I was I was really into um, into art. I took lessons and stuff. And so really, and, and even through college, I was an art major. And I was really interested in painting and drawing. And, you know, I wasn't really interested in sculpture and other things, but, you know, um, that's what, went, you know, it started young, you know, the art side of our business and, and my life. And, and um, you know, if I wasn't fishing or playing baseball or, you know, I was doing artwork sitting there inside doing that. And so, so, and then one thing led to another and, and I know we're cutting around here, but even through college, once I had gotten out of school, you know, I picked art back up when I was working on the charter boat because you'd have a lot of idle time sometimes in the middle of the day or at the end of the day. And I'd sit in the salon on the boat and start doing sketches and drawings of fish. And, you know, it's crazy because the guys used to come into the boat and say, man, you should make a put that on a shirt. And and I had no money at the time. And, and you know, I remember the first shot, I think it was a, just a simple sailfish drawing. And I I. I I saved up to be able to buy 12 wholesale shirts um, and I made 12 shirts and went and picked them up. I remember being excited that my art was on a shirt and I got back to the Marine and I sold the 12 shirts to the six mates or whatever, eight mates in about five minutes. You know, I think I charged five or six bucks above cost to make it worth it. And Man, and then I kept, then all of a sudden it was like it was a weekly thing. And then I'd go from this Marine to that. And I, I had an old Aerostar van and I used to, you know, fill up the van with shirts and drive around to the marinas. And, and the, all the guys would buy the shirts. And then I would start doing shirts for the boats. And so the roots style, you know, growth of business started really, really as a roots thing and as a like, and then I'd go to the islands and bring some paintings and I'd, I'd put them in the salon. And then when I got to the, you know, let's say it was a tournament in the Bahamas, I'd take them all out at night and the people would have a couple of rum and cokes and come up and buy a painting or a drawing. And, and so that, that's really where that whole thing started. And then, you know, as you're a fishing guy and you're around this 
type of lifestyle with tournaments and you, you start to, I mean, I'd go, I'd go to the tournaments and just promote myself to try and get business because, you know, it was tough to make a living doing it and fishing. And I tried a lot of other jobs and it just, I didn't like them. And so <laughs> I wanted to continue fishing for a living and, and providing for my family. And, you know, um, I had to do a lot of different things because I had a lot of bills. So I did the most I could and shirts was one of them and art shows. And so, you know, that's where it all started from the art side. The swordfish bills is a really interesting thing because I had been doing art shows with my mom traveling around. And I remember sitting in a very affluent area at this art show and I'm setting up next to this guy and he must have had he had these sculptures the size of this area, this whole desk. And, man, I couldn't even tell you what it was. And I remember saying to my mom, who the heck would ever buy something like that for $5,000? Well, that guy sold every one of them by, like, the first day, midday. And, and I remember sitting there saying, man, I need to come up with something different than just a fish picture. And it was, uh, and then it was, that was right around the time sword fishing, the nighttime sword fishing had started. And when I started painting the bills, which is, gosh, uh, you know, as far as painting bills, I feel like I was one of the first, not scrimshaw, but actually doing paintings and using epoxy and resins to seal the painting. And then I started doing that. That's 25 years ago or so. And, and um, but that's where that all kind of started. Yeah, that swordfish bill thing you do is absolutely, well, all of your art is incredible, but that the deal you do with the swordfish bills that is just magic. It's absolute magic. When you see it, when you touch it, you go, it, you look like it. This is a sticker. No, no human painted that thing, right? It's just too perfect. It just blows your mind. When Grossbeck first showed me your first bill, I was like, what the hell? He did that? RJ did that? You got to be shitting me. <laughs> that was incredible. That was unreal. And then along, we're. I'm watching you and I'm seeing you and you're, you got... You got a charter boat. You got your own. Then I was so lucky. I worked in Florida building that 80-foot Viking, and I was there, and I got to come to your tackle store. And, gang, let me tell you something. You go to his tackle store. If he doesn't have it, you don't need it. There is nothing in the, There is nothing he doesn't have for fishing. And I don't care if it's East Coast, West Coast, wherever it's at. I mean, you rigged up the boss's uh, Valhalla for him. You got him the reels, the line, the rods, the tackle, everything. There's absolutely nothing at the store you don't have besides all the bitch and art, besides all the other stuff. And then you talk to what's the young man's name in there that's like Nick. super smart. Yeah, Nick. The kid is so smart. God, he is. And he's he's, he's hardcore. And he's calm. He's, calm. he's not like me. It's a different. And he's like, no, all right, let me show it. you. I'm like, dude, you're not into it. You're just, where's he? And he's like, no, this is what you got to have. This is right. what you got to need. They're not selling you a bunch of junk you don't have to have. No. It's the way you guys run your store is incredible. And you everybody that comes in, which is different than most tackle stores, and there's a lot of tackle stores that look, look, let's be honest. They're like, oh, they're not part of the click. Whatever. When everybody I watched, when they came in the store, Nick greeted them. The other young man that you had working there treated him like he was his brother or his sister. Walk him around, show him all the products, show him what they thought they wanted. And then you let him get what they're supposed to have so they can actually go catch fish. It was pretty cool to watch. It was 
I had a good time in there. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a candy store for sure. Even for me, I can't even. What's crazy is I can't even believe I'd have a store. If I, it's weird to say, but you know what? It's like I walk in and I look at all the cool stuff, and it's just like, man, I. I, you know, after all these years, you know, the skirts and the lures and the snap swivels and the things. And obviously, as a passionate fisherman myself, there's not a boy, there's not enough time in the day to go through it. But, you know, I was just having lunch with Nick, the guy you're talking about. And he was describing, you know, you get so many different types of customers, you know, and, and this kind of leads into what you're doing, Dave, with your platform and what we do in teaching. You know, what's great, man, is you meet. X amount of the pop X amount of the population that really has an appreciation for learning and, and wanting to get better at something. And, you know, for me, after all these years of fishing, it's like, man, I just want to catch more stuff, man. I, I just want to get better at my craft. And, and, you know, like even yesterday I'm down deep dropping and we're, you know, using basically a chicken rig. And I said, I'm thinking about this. We couldn't hook the fish we were going after and we were getting these small bites and you know we're in a thousand feet of water and there's current and you know i'm driving away from the boat thinking man i really feel like we failed at what we did today because i wasn't hooking the fish on the circle hooks and then i started thinking to myself well you know if you used a heavier lead deep dropping and you put instead of what would be adequate let's say three or four pounds. What if you put a 10 pounder down there, right? And you just kind of let the, let, left the rod tight to the bottom, but you let all the, instead of trying to hook the fish with the reel by winding or hitting the button, what if they just hooked themselves on the 10 pound lead because they're eating the bait? Well, if you just left your rod somewhat tight, a 10 or 12 pound lead would would be enough instead of winding it up all the time trying to hook them on a circle hook my point is after all these years i'm still trying to figure out how to get better at what we do and the customers that come in to the store and are like hey man i'm really struggling with this or i'm really doing good with this i don't know why but do you have this color skirt and so you get to see all of these cool things you see people who struggle you see people who have success. You see what they're using to have success. And so there's, and, there, and, and the guy who wants to learn, the non-ego guy that just says, man, I suck at this. How do I get better? Man, it's so nice to have a customer like that because that's me. I want to get better. I like, you know, I'm always trying to figure that out. So that's the, I love the customer who wants to learn. And that's what your, our platforms are all about, you know. 100%. And you couldn't have summed it up any better because Kelly Girl and I, when we woke up this morning, we got a text from a, a member of the website at six o'clock in the morning because he was out of his mind. He was so excited because he caught his first halibut and he caught his first yellowtail. And right. he, he couldn't wait. He's like, are you awake? And I'm like, yeah, I'm awake. And he's all, look. And he sent these pictures and and then he, I, I just called him. I said, forget. I called and put him on speaker because I wanted my wife to hear. Yeah. And he's like, Dave, I just put my ego away. I listened. I did exactly what you told me. I went exactly where you told me to go. I did exactly what you said. And I caught my first yellowtail. I caught my first halibut. And we every time we put our bait in the water, we got a bite. I'm like, yeah. And then I want to know where he's at because I want to know how he did it, what he did it, because I'm putting that into my 
brain so that the next guy that goes going to have a little bit better chance. It's like what you're saying. You and I don't know everything. No. No. Here's the here's the catch, though. Some people say, oh, you're, you know, when when the beauty of the platform is we I get emails every day from members that are struggling, having success, doing all these things, asking questions. And by me fielding all of that and, you know, these guys are not ego guys. These are man, I want to learn. Right. So and they don't have a problem with you telling somebody else, hey, man. And so a lot, most of the stuff that I have that comes out, I've learned from someone else. I, I can't stay claim to all this stuff that I'm teaching because truth be told, even in our regular business lives and anything that we do, most almost everything you've been taught has been taught to you by someone else. So the days of the, the hunter-gatherer, the guy who actually did this stuff, I'll take a little bit of, of, of I'll take a little bit of swordfish knowledge and stuff like that as the original hunter gatherer. But most truly, most people are learning from somebody else. And even for me, you know, going on these boats or being around fishing guys like you and Pete Grossbeck and talking about, you know, technique and how to get more bites or whatever it might be, man. I'm going to tell you, man, the beauty of sharing information to make yourself better. So I'm not driving home yesterday getting skunked because I, and I felt like, I, you know, and that that's the challenge though. That's why I love it. And that's, that's the coolness of, of teaching and, and the platform, man, you know? Yeah. Now hang on one second. I just want to show our viewers something and we'll be right back gang. Watch this. It's going to take about 30 seconds. Check this out. Hey guys, Larry Hansen, founder of Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance here. Just want to do a quick video and uh, talk about what uh, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance does. Uh, we do we do a few things, but uh, mainly we provide bucket list style trips, plus everyday type fishing trips at affordable prices. Plus we have an alliance, a club, where you can join and travel to, to destinations all on a wholesale basis. Uh, right now our locations include Gustavus, Alaska, uh, where we do salmon and halibut and shrimp and crab and rockfish and lingcod. Uh, we do uh, in Mexico, we do San Quentin, we do Gonzaga Bay, we do Bahia de Sangalis, we do La Bocana, we do, uh, we do uh, Abriojos, and I think I mentioned Mag Bay as well. Uh, we're also in the process of purchasing a long range boat here in San Diego. Uh, trips from one day to, to 10 days and all the way down to Mag Bay. So that's in the process right now. Uh, we have our own full service uh, travel booking company that we've uh, built that uh, we can help uh, members and guests uh, book, book their travel. Uh, we have uh, Deals cut with major tackle manufacturers for tackle discounts uh, to do that. Uh, we also have a bunch of condo inventory that we've acquired. It allows our, our, our clientele to go out and book condos all over the world on a cost basis. So that's kind of in a nutshell. I just wanted to talk about those, those things real quick. We, our company's motto is we believe in fishing the best locations at the best time of year with the best gear for the best results. You know, we won't fish anything in the off season when it's cold and windy. So if something interests you guys, you know, please email or call us. Uh, we'll give you a much more detailed explanation. Again, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. I'm Larry Hansen. I'm the founder. Uh, my, my cell phone number is posted all over our website. Uh, or you can send me an email. Uh, I always answer all of those. Thanks for watching. Hope to see you guys fishing soon.
gang. If that's something you might be interested in, it's a pretty good way to go fishing and not be intimidated because you're going somewhere where you don't know anybody. And Elliot will throw the QR code up there if you want to visit Larry Hansen's uh, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance and see what he's got going on. Check it out through the QR code. But RJ, what you were talking about right before we jumped on this, I wanted to bring something up. When we were cruising around on the Wild and Sack, going, trying to put the puzzle together and figure it out, there was a boat out there fishing and they were deep dropping with their buoy gear. And we, it was when buoy gear fishing first started and we were trying to figure it out. And you're all, hey, just pull up to those guys and talk to them and see what's going on. And I'm like, dude, you're on the West Coast. We're not even allowed to get an eighth of a mile from anybody here. These these people are going to kill us. They're going to shoot us. They're going to lose their flipping minds. You're like, huh? Because in where you're at, you can pull up to anybody and talk to them. And everybody's willing to share and have a conversation and talk to each other. West Coast is not like that. It's kind of scary. Talk about that for a minute. It, well, it's interesting that you talk about that. We don't even talk about stuff like that. So it's interesting because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're in a place where we go, you got to remember, we're, it's, it's 350 feet deep a mile offshore where we are, so we don't have to go hardly anywhere to go fishing. So we have a lot of people fishing near shore. And so realistically, to be honest with you, we're used to fishing around a lot of boats a lot of the time. You know, so maybe, and maybe that's it, I don't know. But yeah, no, I, I feel like here people... As, in, especially sword fishing, you know, and we, we put it out there a lot to the general public and in a lot of the seminars that man, using a buddy system, using your tackle store, using an informational highway to be able to get better at fishing. And, you know, over here, you know, like it's so expensive just to go fishing, you know, the fuel that we burn just to go to San Clemente, think about what it costs to do a trip out there. Yeah, it, make sure you hit that QR code for Larry's place there, guys. We'll bring RJ back on here in just a second. We just found out that Facebook's having a phenomenal amount of problems. I guess they got hacked or something. They pulled the whole Facebook platform down. That's why you were unable to see us for a few minutes. RJ's having some problems over there with his Wi-Fi. He's going to jump back on here in a second. But what he's talking about and what we didn't, I didn't understand was Back there where he's at, people actually pull up to each other when they're out there fishing and they actually have a conversation about what they're catching, where they're catching at. Think of this deep drop swordfish thing that's been going on here in Southern California for the last seven or eight years. RJ came out with us on the Wild and Sack with Pete, Pete Grosbeck came on the boat with me and we went out there and we started to try to put the puzzle together and uh, we got... We got a bite and we caught a fish and we're going to talk about what we caught if RJ joins us, if he's able to jump back in here. But while we're waiting for RJ to come back in here, if you were able to go and check out his store, you would be blown away by all the different things that he has available. And he ships the stuff everywhere, too. So he's got all kinds of stuff going on at his shop that you won't you won't even believe. And then his art. And as you look at all this stuff he's got going on. You're going to look at those swordfish bills and you're going to just go, there is no way that a human being painted these by hand. It is the most incredible thing I have ever seen in my life. And it blew my mind when I saw it. But also Dave Burris, you're watching and you're listening. 
RJ Boyle makes a full line of rods, stand stand up gear in the rod holder gear, the 90 degree rod holder gear. We used his rod. There's a bill. Look at that. Look at that bill, gang. That's hand painted by RJ himself. It's just incredible that that bill came off of a fish. And just all the different things that he's able to pull off and that he's able to do is just blows my mind. And then his music, he's constantly writing music, creating new songs that pertain to what we are doing every day when we're out fishing on the boats. He's got a, he's got a really cool new song about blue marlin fishing. It's very, very cool. And you can download that off of YouTube or Spotify and you can listen to that. And it's all about blue marlin fishing and, and it's kind of a reggae theme. It's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of a neat little song here. Maybe we can hear it for a second. I don't know. Can we hear it for a second or not? Maybe not. But we're trying. We're just trying to get RJ to get back in here with us. And it's an ex now that's, is that it? We're trying to get it up here. It's a brand new song he just put out. It's about blue marlin fishing. It's on his uh, Facebook page, I believe. I don't think it's on anything else. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, gang, I want you to understand that when if we do get RJ to come back here and we do get him back in here, which I really hope we do, we're going to get into talking about deep drop swordfish fishing. Here's RJ. He's back. Thank you, RJ, for joining us. <laughs> so where, where did I cut off there? Where was I? We were just talking about all the boats that fish inshore and that you're able to approach them and talk to guys and how we share information and stuff like that, which we aren't able to do here on the West Coast. And, and you're not. I mean, what people just don't want to share. And what's the reason for that? There it's an un, well, what I'm trying to change on in my website, and my community, it's it's kind of an unwritten deal out here on the West Coast that people share nothing. Don't share. And when I started to share 35 years ago, I made a series of fishing videos on VHS tape. And oh my gosh, I was crucified by the industry because you're giving away the secrets of the industry. Yeah. I started to look and I started to pay attention and I started to see more and more private boaters. And that's kind of what drives the industry here. And it drives the industry on the East Coast. Well, you guys have, I didn't even know. When I came to Florida, I was like, Oh, shoot, we don't even have any boats in California. We have no boats. You have more boats in your parking lot right now than we have in the whole state of California. So it's an unwritten law. Nobody share anything. If I catch you sharing, oh, then you will not get any more information ever. If I find out that you're sharing, you're not going to get any more information. And I was like, we got to change this community. All these people with their private boats need to be able to catch fish. It's going to help the bait company. It's going to help the coffee shop. It's going to help the tackle store. It's going to help the clothing company. It when they, they when a private boater catches, everybody wins. Yeah, I don't even. I mean, I not. I'm not condoning it, but if if you're a commercial guy selling fish, I can understand you're 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 getting upset. But from a recreational perspective, yeah, no. I mean, sharing it's it's. It all comes back around. It's all good for the community. It's good for catching. I mean, again, it's, it's again, man, just from a human element of, of sharing, dude. Oh, it makes, it blows people's minds when they finally come to my platform on the West Coast here and go, you're telling us 
everything to be successful. That's incredible. No one does that. Right. Yeah. And then we built another little community on the website that they get to share with each other what they're doing with zero negativity. Nobody's allowed to go in there and go, oh, you're an idiot for asking Dave if it's okay to use a number four circle hook instead of a J hook. Oh, yeah. You can't do that on our platform. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm all about the sharing of information. I enjoy it. Again, I'm a, I'm one of those guys. You know, I I wanna I wanna know how to catch bottom fish better. I wanna know how to get better at blue marlin fishing, or even what you guys are. You know, the kite fishing for the for the blue fins, and you know, there's so many different techniques, and not not there's not one that's correct. They're just different. So, you know, when you can. Like for me, the beauty of it is being able to get on people's boats and see a lot of different styles that I can adapt. And, you know, and I always tell guys, you know, are you okay with me being on the boat and seeing something? Can I say this? Or do you care if I share that? You know, so you don't want to get on somebody's boat and, you know, there's something that you never learned. Not, you know, you don't want to just share something that somebody doesn't want shared. But listen, man, at the end of the day, there's all types of people. It takes all of them. And, you know, some people don't like you sharing, and some people were never going to tell you if they got bit and they're right next to you, and they're sandbaggers. That's the nature of the human, but it is what it is. You just, unfortunately, you don't see that. You see that more out there than here, you know. Right. Now, your platform, What what is your platform called? There, I know what it is, but there's a lot of people watching that have no idea. Right. So it's called the crew platform. It's like, you know, the crew, the crew on the boat, the crew platform, and and, you know, there's over 300 films there up to an hour or two hours. But most of the stuff we put out now is 15 to 20 minute videos every week on something specific. You know, we could, you know, a lot of times we're rigging in the store. We have a captive area, you know, here of really high profile fishing guys that come into this store. So we have we're super full on content. You know, we have we see stuff from a learning perspective every day of, you know, you know, failures and successes, like I was saying, and rigging baits or rigging rods or doing holocore or, or spicing line or making wine dons. There's so much of that. And then there's, you know, the fishing side, you know, there's a lot of different things. I think there's 30 swordfish films on there. And, you know, there's bluefin tuna films from Nova Scotia. There's, I mean, to this week, I just got back from Venice, Louisiana, and we were, you know, ex experimenting with some uh, light tackle tuna fishing and we caught some swords there too. And, you know, it's, and, and, but, but just every week we got something new and there, and I'm always trying to keep it, spice it up and keep it cool where, where I'm still learning and totally enjoying the hell out of it. And that's, that's what we've been doing. And we got so many good members, man, because I just, I go through the emails and we just, we all, we talk together. You can email me direct and we have, you know, open line of communication with a lot of this stuff. So the, the crew platform is what it's called. And it's, you know, you can sign up, you can stay on for 30 days and get off if you want. If you just wanted to see how to catch a sword in California, I think California swords, we did two, two or three films on that. Um, but yeah, it's all about the info, man. It's all about the cool content and, and the, and the learning, man. That's what it's about, you know? I love all your rigging videos. I mean, you go so deep into why, not just here, this is how I rig it up, and there it is, but you're like, as you're tying up the value or you're tying up the tuna belly or the, the Dorado belly or you're tying up the Bonita belly or you're doing this or that, you're explaining to people why you're putting this right here. There, there's from all the things you learned, this hook needs to lay just like this. So when the fish comes in and you're, 
your stuff is going to work here. It's going to work yeah. in, on the West Coast all day, every day. It's going to work in Cabo San Lucas, where I live, and it's going to work where you are. We know that for a fact. But there's so much that the guys on the West Coast can learn by just watching all your bitching videos because you do take the time. And like you said, a lot of your videos are long, but it's because you explain each and everything. You just don't rig up a bait real fast and go, well, there it is. There's Good luck. A lot that goes into what we're doing. And I think that's, you know, part of our success, too, is is the detail oriented. We deal with a lot of people. Got to remember over here on this coast, what's interesting, we deal with a lot of big money tournaments. And I know you guys have them, too, but I think there's a lot more tournaments over here on a monthly basis and we're outfitting boats for tournaments man so when you when you put yourself on the line rigging somebody's hollow core or backing somebody's reel and the splice is coming in and out you do you it has to be 100 percent. so when people are trusting you with gear that's why they come to us that's why what you know what we are what we are but you know um, on those videos, man, it's, it's, it takes a lot of time to explain that stuff. And, and some people say, man, you know, you should need to stop repeating yourself. And I always tell them if I'm repeating myself, there's a reason for that. And we're constantly seeing this failure point or whatever it might be. But yeah, those films are pretty detailed and pretty cool. And we got a lot more coming, you know. And you just summed up something that I get asked all the time. Why do you repeat yourself so much? Well, We've been in this industry for so long and we've seen these, we've seen people that are watching our videos that we can tell them and they just, you got to tell them seven or eight times because you're telling them and they're just not doing it. You tell them and you tell them, we're just trying to help you to understand how important this part of it is. And it, like you said, if we're repeating it, it's because it's important. You know, it's there are so much to this stuff. And you talk about tackle, right? You know, all these tackle things that you see. But I'm, I'm actually, as I'm sitting here, I can see the store. And there's a guy, a customer who came in this morning. Here's a in the in-house right now, and I'm watching it. So here's a great, a good fisherman. He's just bringing an electric reel in. And a lot of these electric reels have a guide on them that guide your line back and forth. So he, he's got two rods. And he's got the reel. And he says, man, I don't know what it is, but I keep breaking my line. And you need to check out these rods. Because a lot of times with the construction of a fishing rod, there's ceramic guides. You can get a crack in a guide yeah. and you barely see it. And all of a sudden, you keep breaking fish That's off. Every time. Right. So it's always cutting your line. So I'm sitting there and he's, well, he, they're looking at the rods and I'm sitting, we're looking at the, we're looking the at guide the, on the, reel. the line, the guide on the reel has to get, three gouges in the side of it where the line comes off right and you say well how does braid cut that how can braid cut that and then i'm like braid's not cutting that at some point he was using the electric reel with the guide with monel or soft stainless on it and and the post for the guide got eaten up so some reels aren't made to, to have that type of stuff on them so there's so many little aspects to technique, tackle, gear, line. And, and so when you sit here and watch it, for me, I love it because that's what we do. We like to figure stuff out, get better at it. Why is this line breaking? Well, we'll figure that. We'll figure it out. But just a cool atmosphere to be around all the time, the top fishing guys and just the, the amount of knowledge, you know? Oh, absolutely. And like, every, like you just summed up, everything flipping matters. 
Yeah. That's just one aspect of that electric reel. There's so many different things, but you got to look at everything. And I talk about it on my game plans every Thursday. When you're going out fishing, if you approach it lazily, if you approach any aspect of it lazily, you're going to get lazy. That's what's going to happen. You're going to get nothing. You're going to half measures avail us nothing. If you approach it half-assly. And when I had you on the boat, and how intensely you stare at the tip of that rod. It was like, you want, hey, RJ, look at this. You're like, yeah, I, I see what you're doing over there. But you're staring at the tip of the rod the whole time. Like, RJ, look at this. RJ, look at that. You're like, yeah, I got it, Dave. I'm, but I'm, and, then, and then you're like, hey, we got one. And we're all like, huh? And you're like, yeah, we got a fish. You guys go ahead and wind that stuff up over there and get that stuff put away and move that over there. And you're, and you're, and I'm going, what? And you go, we got a fish. We got one on. And I'm like, why aren't we all freaking out? Why aren't we all running around? Why aren't we winding like crazy? Why aren't we driving the boat? He goes, take it easy, Dave. Just wind all that stuff in, get everything put away. The fish is over there. He's on the line. He's not going anywhere. We got him. He's our fish. And yeah. then you told my boss, you go, okay, start to wind up the line nice and slow and make sure you guide it on the reel. Just take your time. We're going to get to the buoy. I'm going to unhook the buoy. Okay, and now you can start winding the slack up. And we're all like, this doesn't make any sense, RJ. What are you talking about? We gotta, where's all this freaking out and yelling and screaming and running around and la, la, la. Gross back, you know, he's like me. We're both yellers. We scream like crazy and we run around like crazy and we're both just standing there looking at each other and we're scratching our heads and you're going, just keep, keep winding. Just keep, take it easy. And then, <sighs> lo and behold, you go, hold on a second. The fish is still down 300 feet and you go, I'm just letting you guys know this is not a sword. And we're like, Huh? And you're like, yeah, it's not a sword. Fish. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a maybe it's a shark or something, but it's not a sword. And we're like, no, me and Gross are like, no, nah, it's a sword. Fan. No, there's nothing else here. You're going, I promise you guys, this isn't a sword. We're like, okay. And so it gets up to the to the sinker, and you take off the sinker and you tell my boss, okay, you're done. And you start handlining this thing on that giant leader we had. And then you're looking in the water and you're all. I have no, I can see it, but I don't have any idea what it is. No idea. And we're like, what? And and we could see it and it would go by every once in a while and it'd be gray. And we'd be like, I don't know what it is either. And you're like, I don't know, but he's pulling pretty hard, but you're hanging on to it. We're all standing there. And then all of a sudden here it came and you can throw that picture up, Elliot. The biggest, op the third biggest Opa ever caught in California, 147 pound Opa. Look at that thing. RJ, <laughs> we got it up on the screen right now. And you had personally never seen a live one. No. One. Personally never seen a live one. Look at that beautiful fish, you guys. This was the most incredible thing that I had ever been a part of catching. And we got to catch some cool stuff, but this was absolutely incredible. And this made it so that we understood how this buoy gear sword fishing thing worked with RJ broke it down. We didn't get a swordfish on this trip, but look it. I don't know. I think that's way better than a swordfish myself, personally. Carjay, how many swordfish have you caught? Yeah, a lot, plenty. I was more happy catching that. <laughs> the most unbelievable fish in the ocean, 147-pound open. But there's RJ with the swordfish. There, We got a swordfish up there. You're holding the bill up. I think this is a recent one with the electric reel behind you. There you 
Now you're standing next to Nick. You guys are got a big one hoisted up. That looks like a whopper. Yep. You and Nick standing there. But um, yeah, how many how many swordfish do you think you've caught in your life? Just rough a guesstimate. Oh man, several thousand, I would say. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> think about that, gang. Several thousand swordfish. We kind of lost them again for a minute. We'll bring them back in here. But um, all of us on the West Coast, we just want one. We just want one swordfish. RJ's caught several thousand. It's absolutely incredible. All the different things, everything you need to be successful when you're swordfish fishing in Southern California, RJ has. You can call the store. You can talk to Nick. You might even get lucky. RJ might not be out on a charter. You might get to chat with him a little bit. I want you all to make sure that you check this out. If, if swordfish fishing is your thing, and we have some videos on your Saltwater Guide, the website about swordfish fishing and deep drop, and we got lucky. We had Mike Maddox, my deckhand, that worked with Nate over on the Bear Flag, and they do a little bit of information for us. And we have some really cool swordfish information. But if you want to get down and really get into this whole deep drop swordfish thing, RJ is the man. And they... uh. We flew them out and had them fish with us for on the Wild and Sack back in uh, 2016, 2017, something like that. But what the guys on the Bear Flag did this year, last year, for that swordfish tournament, they brought R.J. Boyle in as like a ringer for that swordfish tournament. There he is. He's back. R.J., uh -huh. we're talking about the swordfish tournament you flew out here to fish. Yeah, so... Truthfully, Steve Carlton, a great guy. He has a boat in Dana Point. I think it's Dana Point Harbor or something like that. Um, he uh, he had come. He had fished with me here in um, on Lisa B on my charter boat. And we caught several nice fish, and he said, "Well, are you interested in doing the tournament?" I said, "Absolutely." And I had fished with you that year, and I felt like we were a little early. Possibly, I don't think the swords were really biting yet um, when I was out there, but. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you good. You know, when I when I went back out there, we had the right crew on the boat and and I learned a lot after being there. You know, and over the years I've learned a lot because I've been in a lot of places sword fishing. Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Mexico, all over the globe, man, sword fishing and having a lot of success. And so I was we were, you know, what I learned mostly in California is, is more about the water. When I fished with you, Dave, I was fishing bottom. And I was really interested in bottom structure and bait and what was holding there. And then when you started to listen to stories about a couple of the guys with the experimental buoy gear setting and all that stuff, and you heard that 1,000 to 1,200 feet was the number, and you wondered why, and if you looked at the water, um, the temperatures and things like that, it became a different fishery. So we fish bottom here in Florida where, where, where you're fishing, really you're fishing water. And that was the biggest difference for us, getting in the right water to be able to get the bite. So that, that made all the difference for us. We ended up going out there this year and catching two fish in two days. And, and um, man, it was what a, what a treat it was. One of the highlights of my life to go out there and do that, you know? Yeah, and bring that experience that you have from the East Coast and come out here and actually win the tournament? Come yeah. on. 
Yeah, but truth be told, you know, it was really such a group effort with the guys that we had, and it was cool, and and I couldn't have done it without them. They were, you know, just the intel that we, you know, and everybody was into it, man. You know what I mean? Like, we're trying to get a bite, and everybody, I felt like this year, there was a pressure to really catch some fish, like, from the guys that were in it. I forget how many boats were in the tournament, but, man, these guys were, once I met them at, at the awards banquet, Man, this is a grouping of guys that is serious about fishing, man. They, they, you know, they really, so there was all the crews that were involved in that tournament were like, they were out to win. They weren't messing around. Hopefully we'll get a bite type thing. This was like, they were serious. So I think we accomplished a lot, not just myself. I'm talking about as the whole fishing community out there, even trying to figure out how to catch more swords in California in the day. And so even being around them at the captain's meeting, we were sharing techniques and thought processes. And I forget the guy who got one guy caught a, a much bigger fish than we had. And he was, he was in a different spot. Um, but you know, we caught a, I forget a 200 pounder or 180 pounder and a 150 pounder or something, but quality fish and, and, uh, you know, just to see the, the difference in water temperature and, and the difference one or two degrees makes where you're where you are is night and day. That's like it's it's not even close. So when you people consider a one knot or two knots of cold to hot and fish won't a lot of times will not cross over into a colder water. They want warmer water. That's where we saw our success. And so. That's a huge thing where you are, and it's only going to get better, I'm sure. Yeah, well, as we start to put the puzzle together and start to understand from guys like you that have had such great success, and then you come out here and you understand that, hey, it's not the bottom, it's the water. It's a different – but think about what RJ was just saying. That's how much effort goes into fishing gangs, and that's why we talk about every day that every single thing matters. And RJ had a rough day out there fishing yesterday, but you learned stuff. You went home and you thought about it all night. It, it eats away at our brains because we're fishermen. We want to, we always want to catch fish. There's nobody on the boat that wants to catch fish more than us. I've said that a million times. That's right. You For think sure. you want to catch fish? You're like, I paid Dave to go with me. Dave want I want to catch fish more than you guys do. And RJ wants, because we were trying to crack that puzzle and that code. And it's like, wait a minute. What did I do? What did I do wrong? We, right away, we take it personal. What did I do wrong? Right? Yeah. Like, what did I do wrong? What what part did I miss? I think you, when I was with you, did we we catch some nice rockfish, right? Where they were red? Yep. Man, yeah, the red snapper, the vermilions. Yeah, and they're really good eating, right? Yeah. Yes. You know, and we were talking about this the other day, even in bottom fishing, when you take a certain fishing, whether it's sword fishing, halibut fishing, rock cod fishing, snapper fishing, and you say, okay, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm struggling. And I was saying to myself, deep dropping, and I'm going to go back to that because guys who teach, when you struggle, you're like, dang, man, now I'm freaking struggling. I need to figure this out. And I said to my buddy, who's a commercial deep drop guy, and he, I said, man, isn't it, you guys still use those thicks, you know, thicker uh, Mustad 39960 circle hooks. And that's like a staple for a, a deep dropper. It's a relatively thick hook, not overly sharp, but everybody seems to use them, right? So then I said, 
why are we not using more of a light Mutu wire, Mutu circle hook that's a lot thinner diameter, really sharp out of the box and all that stuff? And you still hear me? Oh, very well. So yeah, got you. He says, and, and you know, why don't we use a bigger one of those hooks? I mean, do you think, and, and I said, and I was specific to grouper fishing. Why do we use, why don't we use, if we want to catch bigger groupers, why don't we use a bigger hook? You got a fish has got a mouth this big and we're using a hook this big. So why wouldn't you use a bigger hook? He says to me, two things on the hook gauge. Number one is when you have a really thin or a thin hook that's real sharp and you're winding up from 400 feet or 300 feet or a thousand feet and that fish is spinning on the rig, that, 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 narrower hook is wearing more of a hold than a, a bulkier hook. That's number one. And you pull a lot of fish off because of wearing that hole. He said, number two is when you go with a bigger hook, he says, a lot of times it's not more effective. You're, if you were to roll that hook out of the mouth and, you, and we were talking about it, you know, that, that smaller hook locks in almost sometimes better than a big hook does. And, 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 and my point being is when we, I was out there with you and we were dropping and I'm always looking at what you're using. Like I might get on your boat, Dave, and be like, okay, so that I'm not used to that hook. I haven't seen that hook, but that fish is very similar to the fish that's on my coast. So I'm always applying what I see from what you're doing, even though it might not be the same fish, but it's the same family over here. So from that learning perspective, and I remember just, you know, in that learning, like you and I are always talking about, man, it's, 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 how do we get just that much better, you know, at what we're doing, man? Yeah. When we fail, we really get down and dirty. We really start to think, oh, <laughs> the heck out of it. Yeah. Totally. And you, and you can, no question you can, but lastly on that point, just remember too, you know, and I always, there's a certain level of certain people you know, that have plenty of money to do whatever it is that they want. But for the working people and for saying a lot, you know, the other people, 99% of people, we, we, man, you just, you figure out what diesel is for a gallon. And you think, you know, from running from that port to there. So we're, I think it was honestly, it was 70, I want to say it was 60 miles out to the spot. 60, that's 120 mile trip plus the food the bait the fuel the subs the sandwiches the sunscreen the hats the you start adding up what it costs to go fishing man the fact that we're not talking or sharing knowledge man you have to it's like not even an option i think that's the beauty of what you're doing i know it's in what i'm doing but man i'd love to see people just being like yeah man we're going tomorrow and, you know get three people to here's the last thing i'm gonna say on this here's an interesting thing think about this I'll go out with three boats, and I'll call John tonight. Hey, uh, John, I'm going to leave at 6. So I'll see you at the bridge at 6. Dave, Hanson, I'll see you at the bridge at 6. And you're going to start on the 6. I'm going to start on the 12. You'll start on the 18. Let me know if you get bit. We'll go out and set up six miles apart and be talking to each on channel 88, even if it's 88. But we're sharing, so at least we're getting bit. I mean, I get it, but and you need to grow into sharing. But I think it's important when you're spending that kind of money to have that network of people that, hey, if I get bit, I'm going to tell you where I am. 
And if you get bit, you got to tell me where you are. And that, man, that's a huge thing because especially in schooling fish, when you deal with a swordfish, it's a schooling fish. There's more than one there most times. So that's where it kind of started. You saw these guys, and now all of a sudden you get on the radio, and it's like, yeah, I'm on the 26, 16, 70, and then the West number 79, 49, 50. All right, and all of a sudden there's four boats there. Okay, so what? We all caught a fish. We went in happy, and, and uh, that's kind of how it is. But I'd love to see that happen out there, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, the cool thing about what you're doing, though, is you're dropping your bait straight down. Where yeah. we're, we're, We got spider web of stuff out there, and then another boat drives right through your spider web. And they, you know, at the end of the day, not everybody's on your platform. Not everybody's on that our crew, and they're not everybody's on your saltwater guide. There is a bunch of people out there still eating boogers that are driving around, causing a bunch of problems. And so that's why... We all get lumped into that one thing where, uh-oh, and you guys, what you guys call them? Um, Googans. Googans. And we call them booger eaters. The same, yeah. same human, sure. same, different coast. But yeah, yeah and they're, they're the ones that cause the problems because they don't want to learn. They don't, their ego's so big and they got that big cigar and they got that t-shirt that's too small on them and they're driving around in their boat like Rodney Dangerfield and they're causing all the problems. And then we all get lumped into that and we're all the enemy. That, I just... I that's the problem. That's... <laughs> hey, what's there? We have a band up here. Your band, you sent me a picture of last night. What's up with that? You guys performing in places? What are you doing? You know, I tell you, man, I, about a year ago, I, I have been, I've been writing songs since 2016 and, and um, love to write music, love to write stories. I was writing stories, you know, and, and uh, turning them into music. And then I started recording in 2019 um, a rap song about sword fishing called Bust a Nickel. Oh, yeah, I love that song. It's, yeah, so yeah. it's a funny song. Very cool, very cool song. A true story about, about a swordfish we caught in a tournament. And um, no, so as of recent, I said, this guy comes up to me. And says, hey, man, I really would like to get with you on the music. I said, what do you, he said, you still writing? I said, yeah, man. He said, well, me and my brother, I'm a guitar player and a steel drum player, and I, my brother's a bass player, and, and uh, we'd love to get together and maybe play some music. So I started playing about 11 months ago, and uh, we got a drummer, his name is Joe Getz, and the Sefer brothers, and then I got a flute player and sax player named Doug, and man, I, and I kept writing music. But, you know, when I owned the club, Dave, the, my favorite music of all was always reggae. I love reggae music. I had some of the best reggae bands of all time. And, uh, you know, and I ran sound for reggae when I owned the club. So, man, I, I just started writing some songs, some reggae songs, and I've got about six, five or six of them done now I, that are not out. The one I guess sent you one yesterday called Mrs. Blue. Yeah, I love yeah. that which is a cool, you know, it's about looking for a blue marlin, you know, trolling for a blue marlin and the feelings that you have when you do it. And then I wrote another one called One Drop I'll send you. It's uh, every time I go out to take up my drop, there's somebody sitting on my spot. And so I'm just looking to get One Drop. So One Drop's the name of that song. And so, yeah, we played last weekend at the Cove Marina. There was about 300 people there. Um, it was fabulous, man. It was really cool. And, um, yeah, it was a fishing tournament and people were jamming and dancing and having a good time. So yeah, I got a bunch of new music coming out on Spotify and I, just another thing that I like to do. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not, oh, it's, it's a bitch. 
all the different levels of RJ Boyle are just incredible. And you do it with such fun. You always have a big smile on your face. You're, it looks like you're always having a really good time no matter what you're doing. When you're painting, I mean, I've watched your videos of you painting in the studio and I've watched your videos of you working on the bill. And it's like, it's you can see the real joy that you're getting out of it. Just like when you're fishing with us on the boat, you're getting, you're getting so much joy because everything's just wonderful in your life. You know, yeah, I wouldn't say that, but here's what I, <laughs> here's what I would tell you, man. We only got one shot at this, you know, and in your life of things, you know, over the last several years, I, I've really been so blessed, man, to do the coolest stuff on the freaking planet. Like, like, I can't even, if I died right this second, yeah, so be it, man, because I've done so much cool stuff. I have been blessed. And I feel, you know, like tomorrow I'm going to yeah, to give back. To give back, I feel like a byproduct of belief in, is, is faith, you know, and, and a byproduct of faith is works, you know, doing things for other people and giving back and letting other people experience the stuff that we're all experiencing with these catches and these fish and these cool things that we do, man. And just to be able to go. And so, so for me, this guy says to me the other day, man, he gives me this weird look. He's like, you really suck the marrow out of life, dude. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Uh, yeah. When I'm done, I'm going to be done. And, I, and and hopefully I'll go to heaven after that. And, you know, but I'm really enjoying it while I'm here. And I'm so lucky. I'm so thankful to God for giving me gifts and doing cool stuff. And I just want to keep doing them. You know what I mean? And, you know, rolling with the punches and having fun and teaching and, you know, painting and writing songs and doing cool stuff. man. That's And, and bring people joy, man. You know, that's what it's about, dude. Absolutely. Hey, Great. one of our one of our members just put up a little post asked his name's Cuball. He's asking, hey, do you have an album or do you have a cassette or do you have a CD or what do you got? Are we just download off Spotify or where do we get your music? Right. So so that's great. So now this that modern day, we don't do that. We just do Spotify and iTunes. So Apple iTunes. And if you go to RJ Boyle, you'll see six or seven songs. I think the last one I just wrote was called Take a Trip. And it was a four-minute story about my life when I was a kid wearing Coke bottles growing up. And, you know, classic, man, catching my first sailfish. That was the last one. So you'll see that on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Um, and, you know, I think there's even like an R.J. Boyle music-style channel where you can kind of do that now. And you'll even hear other artists come up that are in fishing. You know, there's a couple of them. And it's, it's really kind of fun. But, yeah, that... No, we don't. No more. I wish there was some DVDs and CDs and all that stuff, man. People don't right. do. That. Yeah, you, you hear about the old vinyl records coming back, but yeah, we're not doing that. Um, so, <laughs> you know what I mean, but listen, man, we're we're. At I told you I would take your time up for an hour, and my producers got stuff to do. We all got stuff to do. Real quick, run through what you got going on, your crew, all that stuff, real fast. Just all right. Minutes. Yeah, the crew platform, thecrewplatform.com. The crew I'd love you to check it out. Um, email me. You can go on there. There's over 300 films. Just stay in touch. Go to my Instagram. Check it out, RJ Boyle Studio. 
we're posting every single day about things we're doing, T-shirt designs. We got guys, you know, in here doing designs as well. And obviously in our tackle store, man, we're doing everything in tackle, you know, at the top notch type of stuff. And I really appreciate you guys out there and, you know, and Dave, what you're doing. Thank you so much. And man, let's start sharing information. Man. Yeah, RJ, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. RJ's running a store, gang. He's got a bunch of stuff going on. Everybody, RJ, thanks you for watching. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for watching. Thank you very much, RJ, for joining us here. Thanks right. for being part of the show. Thank you, thank you, everybody, for watching. Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, everywhere. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Be kind to each other. Turn off the news. They're all lying. And I'll talk to you guys Monday morning with the more truth. See ya.